no harm. Beats all you never saw. Been in trouble with the law since the day they was born. Oh, yeah. Welcome to the Friday bonus edition. Tim, how you doing today? Oh, a little Waylon Jennings to start the morning off. That's right. I felt like playing Waylon, even though he's not from where I am. But Alabama's where I am this morning, Tim. How you doing? Well, there's a lot of other options you could have gone with. You could have gone with the group Alabama. You could have certainly <laughs> gone with some Leonard Skinner, Sweet Home Alabama. I'm sure there were other, I mean... I'm sure there were other options, but that does resonate with the South. Yeah. So what do you think? Should I talk like this the whole podcast? No. You said I sound like Bobby Boucher. You do, from uh, Waterboy. (laughs) Waterboy, or what was the, uh, you know, I like them French fried potatoes. Yeah. What was that movie, Tim? I'm not sure. I forget. I also mentioned that you had a semblance of a sound to my father-in-law, who happenstance happens to be from the state of Alabama. Uh, hmm. My my wife's family's from Alabama, so there's a lot of Alabama in in my family. What do you think? I should try maybe doing like a different voice every podcast. What do you think of that? Uh, you could depending do that. on the topic. I want to hear a Liberace voice. <laughs> Ooh, I don't know how he talked though. Hmm. I don't know. Anyway, Tim, it's Friday. We're doing a podcast. We're doing a bonus. We want to thank all the listeners for listening. We had a great week of listening. I mean, I couldn't believe. I tell you, I tell you, I couldn't believe it, Tim. When I saw it, some massive downloads this week. <laughs> there was a glitch in the system, but we we got some good good uh, good listenership. So thank you again for listening. I no doubt uh, applaud. Um, Hands down, all the people listening to the podcast, uh, as John said, good good week of listenership. We appreciate that. Um, hopefully, after this, they won't stop listening. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> what a bunch of goofballs. <laughs> I, was t- I was talking to my brother-in-law um, this morning, and I said, yeah, we got a really good, uh, you know, I told him a number, and he's like, oh, man, that is good. And I said, yeah, not bad for two bums talking about <laughs> nothing. <laughs> he kind of agreed with me. So no, uh is this your brother in law who's from my hometown or, or from yeah, the same hometown? Yeah. That's it was yeah, he said cool. he knew um Scott Simmons. Is okay. that his name? Scotty that, Simmons? Yeah, that was my uncle. Okay, so he said he knew him, but I, I don't know if he was just saying that, but he yeah, anyway. <laughs> so Tim. What's up? Today's topic. It's it's a beauty. Oh goodness. So <sighs> I want to talk about air. So air, most of the time in hydronic systems, is a bad thing. Bad thing, Tim. You have air in the pipes. Yep. You have air in the boilers. You know, you gotta you gotta flush it out. You gotta you know get rid of all the air pockets. Right. We have air separators. All this all this great stuff to to deal with air in the system. Now, what's been making headlines all this week, Tim? Oxygen in a submarine. So air is a good thing sometimes, Tim. So this submersible, I, I just, I got to, there's so many thoughts I have about this, Tim. So many thoughts. So you pay 250K to, <laughs> to go run out of oxygen at the bottom of the ocean. 
Well, that's not the intent. I believe it was an eight-hour, <laughs> two hour there, four hours on site, two hours back up. So they were planning to be in for eight hours. But yes, unfortunately, by the time this airs, we will have probably found out that they've they're deceased. Um, they've, rumors are they've already started to see some debris on the floor um, where they're well, searching. I was, I was so I was I was reading a post and it was. You know, you can take all these different angles, but one of the posts said, you got to respect what you're dealing with. Like, if you go to the moon, you shouldn't be taking shit back and bringing it home, you know, bring it home for little trinkets and, you know, keepsakes and all that stuff. <laughs> you know, 1912 was when this ship sank, mm-hmm. and there's more than 1,500 people had died on this. Leave it alone. I understand people want to, research it and find it and you know video it but leave it alone and so these rich people go down and is it irony is it i don't know what the word is but they're just going to be one of them at the bottom of the ocean yes right Mm -hmm. so it's it's about like respect of the surroundings and i don't know and not to mention this, this submersible had issues last year. I guess one of the guys came on and said he was. They lost contact for forty five minutes, and then came back on. So, well, you've seen all the memes floating around with the the Atari stick that they use for oh, yeah. control, or you know, look at the end of the day, your point about going down to see the Titanic. I think we've glorified that ship for now well over 100 years from the time it was built to the time it sank to James Cameron creating the Titanic movie, it becoming a box office hit. You know, I, I, I think it's it's just one of those historical events back in 1912 and to this day that people are enthralled with. Um, so, yeah. you know, I... I understand it's what also, you're saying. It's a graveyard. It's a graveyard. People are going there to look at a graveyard. Yeah. I've also heard the term ego. People on this expedition. Well, one guy was the CEO. Yeah. Uh, Stockton mm-hmm. Rush. I mean, that's just <laughs> name is perfect for this expedition. But um, I think a couple, uh, another guy was a Pakistani billionaire or millionaire with his son, mm-hmm. which is unfortunate. Yep. But. Um, it's something about like ego that you have the means to go do this. And then, you you know, you sign all the waivers like, Hey, if this happens, this happens and this happens. And they all probably did happen. And unfortunately, you know, they're, I think today the, the news was that, uh, or yesterday that the, they found a debris field nearby. I, I haven't heard exactly what that is, but Chances are it imploded, I think, right? Exactly. Or 15, it hit something. 15 to 18,000 PSI, suddenly an O-ring breaks or a seal cracks and pop. Yeah. Ooh, I like when you talk O-rings too. <laughs> well, I once had an O-ring pop on my scuba tank at about 120 feet and lost oh. lost oxygen. So that was fun. How do you... What? <laughs> Damn, this is news. Tell me more about this. I was I was drift diving in Palancar Reef, which is in Cozumel. This was twenty about twenty years ago, and about a hundred 
15, 120 feet, just drift diving. That's where you're just kind of getting buoyancy and the water's taking you along the, the reef and an O-ring, my O-ring to my uh, actuator on the um, oxygen tank popped and I lost all my oxygen, uh, my air. So I had what was in my lungs. I had about another little bit in the valve and I wound up actually popping up to the surface in about a minute, um, which isn't something you're supposed to do if you... Yeah, what's the thing if you rush too fast, you you know, what's it's um, what's the name of it? I'm, not, I'm having a brain fart. But yeah, I know. I, um, I was fine. Um, I had to go into an oxygen uh, chamber for, I, I want to say it was like an hour and a half. So you were on a boat and an expedition or what... what? Just on a diving a diving trip, you know you you yeah. you you yeah. dive, so you know you get on a boat, you go with a group of people. I don't go 120 feet. Then. I actually I had like a buddy. I, I if my buddy would have been paying attention to me when I was trying to call for him to come over and give me air, I'd have been fine. But he was not paying attention to me, and as a good buddy will do, he got called out a little bit when we got a, <laughs> off the boat and on shore. Let's call this guy out by name. Who is this person? No, I don't care. <laughs> uh, it, was a, it was a college buddy of mine, one of my best friends who happens to live in Australia now. But, um, oh. yeah, I mean, those things happen. But so, yeah, I can imagine that at the depth of this uh, submersible was at, it imploded. I, I mean, it just caved in. I mean, fifteen to 18,000 PSI is what I think they were talking at that depth. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. It's unfortunate. But, you know, these are the risks you got to take if you're going to do something like that, I guess. You know, it's like uh, the guys that want to build their little rocket ship and take people to the moon. I guess there's going to be risks involved, right? Sure there so, is. I mean, they've, same, they've same got those flights now where you can get, you know, atmospheric heights to see things that nobody's ever seen except for astronauts. So I know you're <laughs> – because I've, I've witnessed this. You're very afraid of heights, Tim. I've seen it. Yes, I've I am terrified it. of heights. Yet I jumped out of airplanes so, in the army, so it makes no sense. I but. guess I guess my question should have been at the beginning of this podcast. Would you have been one of those people to say, you know what, I really want to go down ten thousand feet, twelve thousand, thirteen thousand feet and see this? We actually talked about this at dinner the other night with a group of friends. Would you go would you be an astronaut and go up or be a diver and go down? And honestly, I'd rather I'd rather Go to the moon, then try to go to the depths of the ocean to see that Titanic. Yeah. I think you're right. I think you're right. Especially that deep. It's dark. It's You, you, you would just probably get a <laughs> a lonesome, dire feeling. Like, if you know you're running out of oxygen, that's probably the worst thing. But, you know, I've seen too many space movies where you can see the beauty of the Earth and you can see space. You know, you can see stuff. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, I just thought that was a topic of, of the topic du jour, topic of the day, Tim. It's, you know, it's something been going that on all every, week. It's something everybody in the world is talking about. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. And then they said, you know, there's only oxygen for 96 hours or, you know, Thursday was the day that they would probably run out. But then they said, you know, these people are experienced uh, adventurers, so they know to, like, <laughs> to calm down and, and 
conserve their oxygen in the in the capsule. But if it was me, I'd yeah. <laughs> I'd at, at some point, out. at some point, there's a fight or flight. I think, and you do go into panic mode. I mean, think about the young kid who was a teenager. I mean, I can't imagine he's experienced enough to know how to, you know, shallow breathe or breathe every two minutes or whatever it would take to gain another hour or two of oxygen. Well, I'm going to go on a dark road here, Tim. You know what could he could have done to save oxygen? Kill everybody. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's the movie and movie in the making here. You you fight or flight, you just said it. I'm gonna that's me, man. Survival of the fittest. But anyway. I've more than anything for me, it was the interest of how this whole submersible came to be, the engineering involved in it, and lack of safety precautions and some of the things that engineers are saying that he should have done but didn't do, composite materials he was using that maybe he shouldn't have. It's all kind of cool to me, and we'll find out over time. But uh, okay, you just mentioned a good point. What do they do if they find it intact at the bottom of the ocean? Just get a rope and a pulley and just start pull, <laughs> pulling it up there? I don't think you can do anything. Yeah, right? I don't. They'd figure out some way, but at this point, I look. By the time this airs on Friday morning, we're going to find out that they're they're. It's a no longer a search and rescue. It's a search and recovery. Yeah. It's like I said, it's unfortunate, but you know, the risks, um, I applaud people like that. I, I, I really do. I mean, you're, you're Admiral Hillary climbing up Mount Everest. You're, 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 you know, John Glenn flying, you know, supersonic speeds and, you know, people that went to the moon first and Neil Armstrong, I, those, I, I'm, I envy those people, but I think at some point, there were probably some things cut out of the uh, engineering and ar- architecture of this submersible that probably could have made it a little bit safer. Um, it's unfortunate, but I do applaud people that do take those risks because those risks are what allow us to go to the moon, go to the bottom of the sea. Well, you had mentioned you had mentioned it earlier. If if you're diving at 120 feet, you usually go with another person. So, yeah, you're relying on today's technology and Wi-Fi and Internet service to keep contact in the middle of the Atlantic to a ship above. Or, you know, they were using, I guess, satellite uh, feeds down there. But maybe go with another, maybe one or two other <laughs> submersibles or something that can be with you, you know? Yeah, I, I think it goes back to when you saw the pictures of the actual the control mechanism they were using to control the submersible. And it it honestly looked like it was from a Game Boy. And you're just like, is this, this is what you've engineered. This is what you're using. Now I'm not a, maybe Navy submarines are a little bit more advanced. I mean, they are more advanced, but I just think common sense tells me that it, it should look different. Yeah, I mean, I feel bad for the kid, you know, he's, dad, is it safe? Is it safe? And then they asked, the, you know, the guy who was the captain, who was the co-founder of this this company, is it safe? Is it safe? Oh, yeah, it's safe. Oh, every safeguard is being taken. Oh, by the way, sign this waiver, one, two, three, here, one, two, three, here. So, that's just too bad, but... Uh, 
Anyway, that was my, my topic of the day, Tim. Now I should get back to talking to them like I'm down here in Alabama. Go flip on Sullivan Miller Skinner. Here's listen <laughs> some free burr, some sweet home Alabama. You'll be fine. All right, Tim. Well, thanks for jumping out. Go have some Alabama barbecue. Well, I asked, you know, we had a really long drive. We had traffic around Nashville and it was just a cluster. And you know, they were texting us, are you close? Are you, where are you? And we said, you know, it's going to take a little bit longer. But when we get there, we want Alabama Slammers, Tim. Alabama Slammers. What's in an Alabama Slammer? It's been so long since I've had one. I usually drink the Yellowbirds down in Tuscaloosa. Yeah. So, but we didn't, we didn't, we didn't get our Alabama Slammers. But anyway. Well, go get some white sauce barbecue. Yep. I mean, go have some. There's plenty yep. around, but uh, enjoy. Enjoy time with the family. Hopefully the weather's not too humid. Tell our audience, you know, once again, thanks for listening to us. Go check out John's article he put up about a Navy vet who got a, started a career in boilers. Uh, Steve, was it Vreeland? What was his last name? Oh, I don't even know. Sveeland? Sveeland, yeah. Just Sveeland. Sveeland or something. Sveeland, like I don't know how he pronounces it, but it was a good article, here, you know, just reading about how he um, went to Quantico and was in the Navy and then wound up working in, in boilers. So uh, kind of cool. Yeah, it was, uh, it's fun doing all this stuff. Oh, and you know what? I'm, I posted this on social media, but I went up to Lambeau field, Tim, and we did a little behind the scenes. We're going to do a hub on the yep. road at Lambeau field. And the contractor partner is tweet Garrett. And we went to their really nice prefab shop and shot some videos and did some interviews there. And then we went over to Lambeau Field and checked out the the boiler room, mechanical room. It was pretty cool. I got to say, the it was cool. Frozen, so, uh, be on the, the frozen tundra of Lambeau Field. Not anymore, anymore, Tim. <laughs> I know. It's the heated tundra. <laughs> so, Well, that'll be coming up. That'll be coming out in a couple weeks, correct? Yeah, I'd say two or three weeks. Well, we'll yeah, you just need to do the editing, and and uh, it's pretty cool. Got some really good information there, so keep on the lookout. And we want to do more of these hub on the roads, where um, really cool projects or cool people, interesting people. Where we want to we want to feature it. So yeah, so be on the lookout for that in the coming weeks. But in the meantime, JP, have a great weekend. Enjoy time with family. Yeah, you too, Tim. Okay, and uh, we will. Talk to you on the rebound. All right. Enjoy it. You going to lead us out with a little sweet home Alabama? Oh, no. No, I was just was just checking. If you didn't listen to our Tuesday's podcast, it was with uh, Mark Womack. He is he's the guy behind the camera for the American Plumber Stories. So once you listen to this podcast, you just let it go to the next one, and that's what you'll be listening to. It's a good to. conversation. Got some insight behind the scenes on how Spencer runs the show. Yeah. So it was a good, it was a good time. All right. Well, enjoy Alabama.